Welcome to the Freedom Church Podcast. We are so glad that you are investing in your relationship with the Lord by listening to this message. Check out our YouTube channel for a complete log of all of our sermons. If you would like to know more about FC, visit our website at www.freedomfamily.us. God bless and remember that the best is yet to come. Morning, church. It's good to see each of you here today. Thank you for coming out to Freedom Church. So how many of you here have been able to be a part of this series we started on Easter each week. You've been a part of it the last couple of weeks. Yes, so glad that you have, and I'm so glad that you are here. If you were not able to be a part of the last couple of weeks, please be sure to go to our website or go to our app and be a part of that. God is really doing an amazing work. I've heard a lot of things about how God is using the Word to be able to touch people's lives, and that is amazing. So we're so glad you are here. Maybe you're brand new to Freedom Church today. Thank you for coming. We're so thankful for your presence. A lot of great churches out there, and you know what? A lot of times they say, well, you know, this, you know, I come in, you know, and I, I look down the row, and I'm thinking, you know, I'm just not as good as these people. Listen, look over the person next to you. I'll bet you they've outsend you 10 to 1. Probably half, you know. You're thinking, that's terrible. But so that doesn't make you feel so bad, right? <laughs> so anyway, with that being said, welcome to all of you. Let's give a big cheer welcome to those that may be watching online or out of town or across the world. So today, as we continue on in this series, Ever Wonder Why, how many of you... Pray childhood prayers. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Yes, me too. I remember this childhood prayer that uh, we prayed with our kids. And, uh, you know, the thing about it was, it, it started off like this. It was, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die... Before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. Okay, honey, good night. We may see you tomorrow, 50-50 chance. (laughs) That prayer, how does that make a child feel when they pull a cover up over the eyes? I might see you both, Dad. Ah! I don't know. You know what I'm saying? It's kind kind of a weird prayer, but here's what I will ask you. Maybe you're on a spectrum, you're not so sure about God, you're not so sure about prayer and all that stuff, but how many of you here are like me, you believe in the power of prayer? Raise your hand, raise your hand, yes, yes, yes. I believe in the power of prayer and what God can do through prayer. All things are possible with God and God can give us miraculous answers and the good news is prayer is powerful. However, prayer can be confusing. In the book of Joshua, chapter 10, we see that Joshua prayed and, and that they were in this battle and he prayed for the sun to stand still in the sky. And God answered his prayer and it stood overhead all day long. But then I remember when Shannon and I were first in ministry and we were praying for a young man that was married, 21 years old. And he had a child, a little boy, and he contracted this form of cancer. And we prayed, and we prayed, and we prayed, and we prayed. They put so much chemo on that young boy's body that his, the skin on his feet was curling off. And he died and left his wife and his child. 
You go back to the Word of God and you look in 1 Samuel. You look in chapter 1. Here's Hannah. Her womb is barren. She wants to be able to have a child. And she prays to the point that even the priest thought that she was drunk. She was praying to have a child and God blessed her womb and she was able to have Samuel and because she was dedicating him to the Lord. Just a few years ago, Lily, our oldest, was pregnant with Daisy Bell. And we prayed and we prayed because something was wrong with the baby in her womb. And Daisy Bell didn't make it. I think about in the Word of God another situation where that in Daniel 6, those of you remember, Daniel in the lion's den, he was cast into the lion's den. And these lions, they did not feed them unless they were feeding them basically, basically with humans. They were ruthless there in that time. And Daniel was thrown in there. And God kept the mouths of the lions closed as Daniel prayed and he heard his prayer. And they did not bother him. And he was rescued out of that. I remember a time that Shannon and I were praying for a couple in our church. We met with them. We counseled with them that they would not get divorced. They had two daughters. But they got divorced. Prayer is powerful. But prayer can be confusing. So today, I want to remove the confusion by going to the Word of God to help you understand about prayer. In John's Gospel, chapter 14, listen to what Jesus said here. He says, you can ask for anything in my name and I will do it so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. Yes, you ask me anything in my name and I will do it. Now, what happens when you ask God and you know that God can and you just believe that God should and God doesn't? Is there something wrong? Is it that God isn't listening to you? Or could it be that God doesn't care? Or could it be that you're thinking God's mad at you? Understand this. You must think in the measure of the nature of God, first and foremost. And you must think of the purpose of prayer. When you look in the Word of God, here's what you must understand. You and I are not the main character in the Word of God. God is the main character. God doesn't exist to serve us. We exist to serve God. So there's power, yes, in prayer. But there's also a pattern of prayer that we see in God's word. Now, when you go to Luke 11, as an example, Jesus' disciple were asking Jesus, teach us to pray. Why is that? Because they had witnessed the power of what Jesus was doing and the things that he was doing. So they wanted to learn to pray because they had witnessed his miracles. They had seen him raise the dead. They had seen him cast out demons. They had seen him do so many things. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the power of the kingdom and the glory forever. Amen. It's easy to recite a prayer as a kid and it's easy to memorize the Lord's prayer as adults, but not really, really mean them from our heart. 
See, the Lord's Prayer is a pattern of prayer that can guide us in our own prayer life to teach us what true prayer is. And, it, and what it is, when you understand what true prayer is, it depends upon the spiritual relationship that you have with God through His Son, Jesus Christ. The purpose of prayer, listen to me, isn't to get God to do our will. The purpose of prayer is to know God so we can do His will. That's what the purpose of prayer is. God isn't a spiritual genie that we grant. We want to be able to ask him for wishes and he grants our wishes. We serve God. He's not here to serve you and I. You think, well, you don't understand. I I attend Freedom Church. It's my church family and we serve, we give. But maybe there's times in your life when you're out there and, and you get upset and you cuss a coworker. You say, well, I didn't cuss the coworker. I just thought cuss words. Well, whatever it was, did you have things that happened like that? And maybe you're driving in traffic. Maybe you were on the way here this morning. Somebody cut you off in traffic. And you waved at them very politely with your middle finger. Or maybe it's a situation where that you expect God to bless you. You ex- have an expectation of God. Listen to me closely. God isn't a vending machine that you deposit a prayer and you expect to get something back to receive something. The miracle that you're wanting, you don't press a button, place your order and get what you want. God is not a button to be pushed, but God is a relationship to be pursued from you and I. I hope you understand that. Prayer isn't telling God what we want. Then, selfishly enjoying it, prayer is asking God, God, use us to accomplish what it is to be able to glorify your holy name. Do you get that? Say yes. The purpose of prayer isn't to to just know God so he can do our will. As I said in the verse earlier, it says, this is where it gets confused. You ask anything in my name and I will do it. Well, maybe you prayed and God didn't answer you. Did Jesus lie? Is it that God doesn't care about your situation and what you're going through in your circle of life? When you study and interpret the Bible, you don't pluck out a verse, a single verse to fit you. You you can't build a belief system on a single verse in the Word of God. Do you follow me in this? You study the Bible and you interpret the Bible. You read a verse and you work to understand it in its context. Who wrote the verse or wrote the book that you're reading within the 66 books of the Bible? To whom is it written to? What is the cultural context of what's written? What is the historical context of what is written? You use the Bible, listen to me closely, to interpret the Bible. You look at as many verses on the subject of what you're looking at and you're trying to learn. Today, when you're looking at prayer, you look at as many verses on prayer as you can. Look at what Jesus did, okay? You look at what the Old Testament scriptures say. You look at what Paul said in the New Testament as he wrote a third of the New Testament. So we can see the total narrative, follow me, and what God is saying. It's very important. We're dealing with a huge question that causes people to walk away from their faith. I I want you to know that. This is what happens. Well, you don't understand, Pastor. I prayed not to lose our house, and we lost it. Pastor, we prayed that 
my friend would not die from COVID, but I watched them put them in the ground anyway. God, I prayed that I would not lose my marriage, but my marriage ended in divorce. God, God, I prayed that I would not lose my business. We put everything we had into it. It was our life's work. It was what we put into it, and we lost it anyway. I prayed, and, and I believed, and I'm trying to live right, but God didn't answer. So the bid's the question. Why well, pray when God didn't answer? Well, I think we can... Think about this from a, a few possibilities of maybe why God didn't. I don't know. I, I don't, I'm not smart enough and the pay grade's above mine to, to ask this question and to understand this question. But Scripture does give us some possibilities of reasons of maybe why God didn't answer a prayer that you may have prayed or someone you know that's prayed. And maybe they've lost their faith because God didn't answer. Maybe it could be that you have a broken relationship. You ever thought of that? You say, what do you mean a broken relationship? When you look in Mark's gospel, chapter 11, the New Testament, Jesus is talking to his disciples, and he's giving them a lesson on faith. You have faith in God. You don't doubt. And when you do, mountains can be lifted up and thrown into the sea, and it's done. Wow. A mountain lifted up, gone into the sea. It sounds like, this sounds like John 14, 13, and 14, which we've already read in the next verses. Look what it says. It says, I tell you, you can pray for anything, and if you believe that you received it, it will be yours. But when you are praying, first, first, everybody say first. Forgive anyone you are holding a grudge against. Uh-oh. didn't say pray and don't worry about it. He said, but first, first, forgive anyone you're holding a grudge against so that your Father in heaven will forgive your sins too. Now, is Jesus adding a principle on faith here in this teaching? Jesus seems to be saying, though, our relationship with other people matters when you and I pray. And it makes sense. It's like this. How many of you here have kids? Yes, have kids. Okay. All right, let's, let's just track with me for a minute. You have kids, and the kids, you've asked them to clean up their room. They're not doing it. They're running. They're yelling. They're screaming. They're getting into it. They're fighting among one another, and it is getting on your ever last nerve, and it's just driving you nuts. Then all of a sudden, five minutes later, they come in and say, Mom, Dad, can we have a friend over tonight? Mom, Dad, can we, can we watch a movie? Can we go watch a movie? Mom, Dad... Can we stay up late? How many of you are going to say N-O? Raise your hand. No, that's not happening because of the way you're acting. You're not going to grant them the wishes of what they want because of their previous disobedience and the way that they were being. I love you, but not going to happen. You're not getting what you want. Now look at Matthew's gospel, chapter 5, verse 23 and 24. So if you are presenting a sacrifice at the altar in a temple and you suddenly... Suddenly remember that someone has something against you. Leave your sacrifice there at the altar. Go and be reconciled to that person. 
Then come and offer your sacrifice to God. Jesus is implying here that your relationship with people impacts your relationship with God the Father. So let's take it a step further. How many men here in the room that are married? Raise your hand, men. All the men that are married in the room right here. You know, this particular verse right here is pretty incredible. And I don't, some of you may have never known that this verse is in the scripture that is pointed to husbands. Now, I don't have one for wives. I believe it could work in, a, in all relationships. But listen to what it says in 1 Peter 3 and 7. In the same way, you husbands must give honor to your wives. Treat your wife with understanding as you live together. She may be weaker than you are, but she is your equal partner in God's gift of new life. Treat her as you should. Why? Why should I treat her as I should? So your prayers will not be hindered. It sounds like to me, guys, how you treat and love your wife may just veto the prayers you're trying to pray to God to get. You're not getting the new contract with your business because you're being ugly to your wife. You're not respecting her. You're not loving her. You're not being there for her. You're not lifting her to the Lord in prayer. Makes a difference, doesn't it? I don't want my prayers hindered. Do you? And let's take it for relationships. How we respect and love and treat other people. When you think about the golden rule, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Not treat them just like they treated you. That's what we do with the golden rule. We throw it out the window. We call it the silver policy, don't we? Right? Do unto others as you would have them to do unto you. That's a hard thing to live by. Would you agree with that? Say yes. But with God's power through the leadership of the Holy Spirit, we can do that. So why pray when you think God's not going to answer? Could it be that you have a broken relationship with someone that you need to make it right? Why is this so important? Because the scripture is very clear that it could be impacting your intimacy with God. Now, another possible thought could be, could it be that you have the wrong motives? You say, what do you mean? Well, I hate to admit it, but I prayed before to catch a lot of fish. I prayed before to catch a lot of fish. I prayed before to catch a lot of big fish. Yeah. Some of you are thinking, our pastor's lost it. But I'm going to ask a question because I'm going to throw you on the bus too. If I'm going to get tire tracks on my head, you are too. How many of you here, and if you don't raise your hand, God's going to get you. How many of you have ever prayed for your sports team to win? Look at the heathens in the house today. Don't you think somebody on the other side of the b-ball, other side of the football, other side of the soccer ball is praying the same thing you're praying? They're praying for their team to win too. Tell me that ain't confusing to God. And he's just looking down and saying, ay, 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 So who's he going to grant the prayer for? Because you're both praying to win. You know? It's it's just just incredible to me to even think in those measures. Think about the Pharisees. The wrong motives. They wore their long, adoring robes. 
They wanted to pray their prayers for people to be able to hear their prayers, praying to be seen. But they didn't really love God for how they need to love God. They wanted the applause of people so they could look so spiritual, you know, like we're somebody. God, bless the growth of my business, God. Give us more contracts. Give us more locations. But yet you're not willing to tithe back to God. You're not willing to give God financially as he's blessing you. Or maybe it's a situation where God bless me with continued health. I've lost some loved ones. But you're not willing to take the health that God has given you and to serve in your local church. Or maybe God bless me with children. But you're not committed to partnering with a local church to raise them systematically in the ways of the Lord and to fall in love with Jesus. God, give me a promotion. I want the promotion, God. I want to climb the ladder of success, the corporate ladder. But you're not willing to help your neighbor when they're in need. Could it be broken relationships? Could it be you have the wrong motives? Or could it be that you don't believe God will do it when you pray it anyway? Could it be that? Could it be? Mark chapter 9, there's a dad that... His son is possessed with an evil spirit. He can't talk. He foams at the mouth. He grinds his teeth and and, 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 and exposed to getting into fire and into water. And the dad asks the disciples to drive out the demon. And they couldn't do it. And Jesus said, where's your faith at? Where's your faith at? Matter of fact, he says, how long has this been happening? Jesus asked the boy's father. He replied, since he was a little boy. The spirit often throws him into the fire, into the water, trying to kill him. Have mercy on us and help us if you can. Could you imagine looking at Jesus, the son of almighty God, and putting the two-letter word if in front of the sentence? And what's Jesus say? What do you mean? If I can. Surely you've heard what I've done. And Jesus asked, anything is possible if a person believes. The father instantly cried out, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. Man, that's what I want. I want somebody to help me overcome my unbelief. Because you and I live in a world that's not on our side. You and I live in a world that hits us between the eyes sometimes that we don't understand why we deal with the things we deal with. And so I, my heart's there sometimes. I, some people think, well, you're a spiritual giant. No, I'm, I'm a human being just like you with a different calling in my life. And sometimes I need God to help me with my unbelief because it hurts. It hurts. You see people hurting in their lives or you're hurting in your life and you're broken and you want to throw in the towel and you want to give up. I cry out sometimes, God help my unbelief. I'm like this guy here. I'm just being vulnerable with you today. God help my unbelief. Help my unbelief, God. I think I have faith in Jesus, but I'm not sure if it's what you want. And just being gut level honest, you know, there's times when faith is weak. I've seen God do many miracles I seen God do the miraculous. My wife took a spill and hurt herself in her hip. And I watched right over here as she was prayed over and God healed her in her hip. One time we were in Honduras on a mission trip. And we were building a building. 
And we needed sand for the mortar for this building we were building. There was nothing there. We'd been all over the property. But then after lunch, we ate some lunch and we looked over. And there's a pile of sand. And say, we looked at each other bewildered. Jeff, Brent, where, where, did, the, where did this? I don't know. I walked through there a while ago. It wasn't nothing there. This pile of sand appears. And we're able to mix the mortar and able to build a clinic for the people's health. It's important to understand that God heals. I've seen God heal terminal diseases one after another. And it's so important for you to understand your faith matters with faith that is possible with God. Without faith, it's impossible with God. Maybe you've been made right with God by faith. Yes, it's faith in God that you cannot see. It's faith in God. You may not feel feel it, but it's faith, and it's faith that honors God. Over and over, according to your faith, it will be done unto you. A few examples in the Word of God. The woman with an issue of blood, 12 years, she spent all the money that she had. Still, no doctor could help her. She was desperate. She was lonely. She was rejected. And she would have to, if she walked down the street, she would have to holler out, unclean, unclean, unclean. And people would scatter. She was like a second-class citizen. Maybe that's how some of you feel sometimes in your life. You're lonely. You feel rejected. You feel like nobody cares. But then she heard about Jesus. She heard about Yeshua, the Messiah. And she just thought, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, if I could just touch his robe. You ever thought or ever studied and I want to take you just a little bit deep this morning. You ever thought, why would the woman want to touch his robe? Because as, as a Jewish rabbi, Jesus probably wore tassels, which they called tissets. And on the corners of his garment, there's a, there's a Hebrew word called kanaf. The Hebrew word kanaf has several meanings. Kanaf being a corner. And there's a prophecy about this. But also the kanaf is also to describe the wing of a bird and also with the two wings of a bird. Now the plural version of kanaf is kanafim. Track with me now. And there's a prophecy about the coming Messiah in the Old Testament in Malachi, the last book. The Old Testament says, listen to this, in Malachi 4 and 2. But for you who fear my name, the son of righteousness will rise with healing in his wings. And you will go free, leaping with joy like calves led out to pasture. Now notice the phrase here, with healing in his wings, or kanaf, or corner. When the Jewish person would be familiar with the scriptures and would read this, they automatically thought that Yeshua, the Messiah, would come with healing in his tassels, with healing in his tissets. That's why the woman pressed through the crowd. That's why the woman didn't care if she was a second-class citizen. That's why the woman didn't care if she was rejected and lonely. She had hope and she knew about a man named Jesus and that's why she pressed through the crowd because she had everything to gain and nothing to lose and look what it says 
For she thought to herself, <laughs> this is awesome. If you don't enjoy this, I'm going to enjoy it for you. If I can just touch his robe, recite those four words with me next. I will be healed. See, that's faith. And you all have it because God gives us all a measure of faith. Another example of this, but it goes on to say in verse 34, daughter, your faith has made you well, Jesus told her. Another example, there was an immoral woman who knelt down and worshiped at the feet of Jesus and poured expensive perfume of oil all over him. And listen to what Jesus says in Luke 7 and 50. And Jesus said to the woman, your faith has saved you, go in peace. Another example, there were two blind men. They could not see, and they wanted to, to be able to be healed, and they're asking Jesus, heal us, Jesus, heal us, Jesus, heal us, Jesus. And he asked them, do you believe I can? And they said, yes, we believe that you can. And look at Matthew 9. Then he touched their eyes and said, because of your faith, it will happen. Because of your faith, it will happen. Then their eyes were open, and they could see. See, your faith matters. Your faith matters. However, listen to me closely what I'm going to tell you. There is a prosperity movement that is taking place that distorts the word of God. Faith healing. I name it and I claim it. Yes, faith matters. And people are thinking, well, if I have enough faith, pastor, then God has to do what I asked him to do. God has to heal it and God has to bless it. And everyone's going to be rich if you have enough faith. And if you don't have enough faith, it's on you. It's not on God. A distorted view of the Word of God. Let me tell you, God does what God wants to, when He wants to, where He wants to, and how He wants to. Because He's God. Some of you may be thinking, well, Pastor, my relationship, I think, is good with God, and I, I have the right motives, God, with God. When I'm praying, and, and I have faith, but God still didn't answer my prayer. There's one more thought to think about that could be an example of a reason as to why maybe God didn't answer. Could it be that God has something different? Could it be all-knowing, all-seeing, everywhere at one time God? Could it be that God has something different because he knows everything? In 1 John's Gospel, chapter 5, verse 14 and 15, it says, This is the confidence we have in approaching God. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we ask of him. I don't know if you realize this, but the Apostle Paul that I look at is a powerhouse man of God. And as we're wrapping up, I just want you to, to think about this for a moment. He had a thorn in the flesh. He had something wrong with him. Now, some people think it was an eye problem. Other theologians in the study of the scriptures just thought maybe it was malaria or maybe it was a, a series of migraines that was just horrid and he has no way to get rid of the pain. Or, or maybe it was epilepsy that he had. Or maybe 
speech impediment or a, 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 a speech disability. When you read the scriptures, you see that it could have been a person. It could have been Alex the coppersmith that Paul said, he did me a great deal of harm. Now, it says that he pleaded with God three times. Now, do you think he just went to God and said, God, heal me? God, heal me? God, heal me? No, I think it was probably three seasons of prayer that God poured, that he poured his heart out to God Almighty. He preached the gospel, think about this, for 30 years in every major city in the Mediterranean basin. Think about this. He was shipwrecked. He was beaten. He was in the sea night and day. He was stoned and he was in prison. And the man wrote a third of our New Testament Bible. What did God respond to him? He said, my grace is sufficient for you. There is power that's perfect in weakness. Maybe you prayed that you would get the house that you've always dreamed of, you worked hard for, but yet you didn't get it. Maybe you're praying, God, help me get this job, Lord. Maybe uh, Help me to marry this person. Help me to get that promotion. And in the moment, you might not like what you get or what you don't get. And over time, you realize when you look back, that God may have wanted something different. So it brings us down to a three-question, a three-word question. Why bother praying? It's kind of tricky, isn't it? God's going to do what he wants to anyway, Pastor, right? See, the purpose of prayer is not to get God to do our will. The purpose of prayer is to know God so we can do his will. And maybe you're like me. There's a time that I felt like I've been in a prayer slump. And I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. But there's times that, and been a time that I, I felt like, am I even getting through? Is it even doing any good that I pray? And you just feel like you're in that slump. And I've never doubted the power of God. I've never doubted it whatsoever. I've never doubted the power of prayer. There's many times that God has showed me that he's heard my prayer. There's many times it's been yes, no. third one always hurts you don't understand and you're not ready wait see in my mind I look at the prayer and I think I know what's best that I'm praying to you God for but God I don't know what's best only God knows what's best he knows the circumstances that's derived around everything that we seek him about but I still believe I still believe that he can. Even if he doesn't, I still believe. I still, I keep seeking. I keep asking. I keep knocking. Because that's what God wants me to do. Because the purpose of prayer isn't to get God to do my will. The purpose of prayer is to know God so we can do his will. 
so we can have an intimate relationship with God our Father, that we can have that relationship unlike any relationship we've ever had. And as we pray, listen to me, church, God will either answer or he will show us why he cannot answer. Then it's up to us to do whatever is necessary in our lives that the Father, God the Father, can trust us with the answer. So today, would you stand with me as we approach our Heavenly Father in prayer? Father, we praise you today. We honor you today. We thank you today. That you're not just a God who hears our prayers. You are a God who answers our prayer. But on our journey, we want to be closer to you, God. And we get closer to you, God, in prayer. And I pray, God, today will be a breakthrough for anyone who's struggling. Maybe why you didn't answer. As our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, I, I just want to ask you, and I, and I asked you to be vulnerable in this question. How many of you have prayed something before and God didn't answer the way you hoped that he would answer? Would you just lift your hand across the auditorium? Just lift your hand really high, all of you. God bless you. Thank, thank you for your honesty. I wish I had a better answer to say exactly why, but I'm not God, neither are you. But I believe there's reasons that we can approach that I've talked about today that can help us in our relationship because prayer is a way that we can know God better and do His will, not our will to be done on earth, but His will to be done who's residing in heaven. So I ask you this question. How many of you have, at times, you, maybe even now, like you're in a prayer slump and uh, you just want to have a breakthrough. Would you lift your hand really high today? Just say, you know, I just want to have a breakthrough. I want to pray with you and pray for you as you pray. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, God, as to why you don't answer prayer sometimes the way that we would expect, God, Lord, I pray for each one that lifted their hand that they would keep on seeking, asking, and knocking. pray, God, that you'll give them a breakthrough, Father. Pray, God, that you'll touch their life in an amazing, amazing way. I pray, God, most of all, that each one here, through their prayer life, they're going to know you better so each of us can do your will. Oh, may we be close to you, God. You said for us to come near to you, you come near to us. God, may we be closer to you than we about this as you're praying there's a prayer that God always answers and it's the prayer of forgiveness maybe you're here today and God's spirit he's knocking on your heart because he wants to come into your heart he wants to know you he wants to live inside of you through his spirit and you never ask him to be a part of your life through the religious motions but you've never known him intimately and relationally in your soul 
prayer that he will always answer is the prayer of salvation when you ask him to forgive you of your sins and save your soul. Because that's his heart. His son Jesus gave his life so that you and I could have everlasting life and a great life now until we spend eternity with him fulfilling the purpose and will of God. So today, as everyone's heads bowed, and if you know that God has touched your heart and you need to pray the prayer of forgiveness to God today, would you just lift your hand really high? Shoot your hand up. Say, I need the prayer. God bless you. I see your hand, brother. Anyone else? Just shoot your hand up real high. God bless you. I see your hand, sister. Anyone else? I need to pray the prayer of forgiveness today to ask God to be my Lord and Savior. I see your hand, brother. God bless you. Anyone else? not the position of the body it's the position of your heart so today those here that are Christians be praying for these that's lifted their hand for prayer forgiveness let's pray you pray for them as I pray and help them with a prayer but it's their prayer to where that they can be born again through the conviction of the spirit they can have freedom and peace and joy so those of you that lifted your hands just seek the Lord and invite him into your heart right now just invite him in your heart and just tell him say God I want you as my savior believe you came, lived, and died for me. You arose to set me free. Please forgive me of my sins, the things I've done wrong. I ask you to save my soul. My life is yours. If you feel the amazing power of the forgiveness of Almighty God coming into your soul and you feel His peace and joy, thank Him for that in this moment. He's going to give you His Holy Spirit to lead you from this day forward. You'll never be alone. You'll be the majority with God. Father, thank you for what you've done in our midst. Thank you that through prayer we can know you better and do your will. Help us, God, to do that. Touch each one's life here. Use us for your glory. And may we keep seeking, asking, and knocking in the name of Jesus. And everybody says, let's give him praise today. He deserves the church, okay? Okay, just a couple of things. We're going to go into a time of, of giving. And as we're getting ready to do that, I want to say thank you to all of you that give the way that you do. Thank you so much. And uh, even if it's your first time, there's multiple ways that you can do that. Uh, you can do that uh, through our app, through our website. You can do that on the kiosk out there. You can do it tangibly as you leave with the ushers. But I want to say thank you for your faithful giving unto the Lord that we collectively bring it together, be good stewards of it, to reach people to know God. That's why we exist as a church. So thank you for that. If you would today, you gave your life to Christ and you lifted your hand, I need you to do me a favor. Take a card out of the seat. Or those of you online, let us know there in the comment section if you gave your life to Christ. If you would, be sure that you fill out a card here in the auditorium. And uh, come and see me. If you don't want to come and see me today, at least drop the card in there. I will follow up with you. We will follow up with you and answer your questions. We're going to have a baptism coming up. I'll tell you about that later. That's your next step with Christ. Also, if you're here and you're brand new today at Freedom Church, thank you for coming. We value your presence to come here today. If you would, take a card out of the back of the seat, the connection card. Put as much information on it as you feel comfortable. Take it out to the info desk. Give it to them, and they are going to give you a gift in return to commemorate your time here and I would say and challenge you to give us a three-peat. Give us three times, and hopefully this church will be the church for you. If not, we'll help you find the church family 
for you. I'm going to pray over the offering, then I have two things to share with you that's very important. So, uh, and then I will let you go. Father, thank you, God, for what you're doing right now, God. Thank you for this opportunity, God, to seek your face and to love on you as you've already loved on us. God, take our tithes and offerings, God, that we're bringing unto you and giving to you and use it for your glory and honor. May we be good stewards of it to reach people for which your son Jesus gave his life for. We love you. We praise you. And thank you for our obedience to your word to do such. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, I said I messed up. I was supposed to say something about the servant form before that, so it's actually three. Be sure to turn in your servant form. We need help in the kids' ministry, number one. You will be blessed of that if you're not serving somewhere. You know, if that's just not you, and if you hate kids, we don't want you there. But anyway, but if you, you know, if you have kids and you're getting served, your kids are getting served over there, I want to challenge you parents to jump in and serve, all right? Do that. There's other places for you to serve there. Okay, there, uh, we are having a newcomer's dessert. That is going to be on Sunday afternoon, May 22nd. That's the QR code for it right there. If you'll take and, and what it is, if you're brand new to Freedom Church or been here a while, it's at 4 o'clock. We're going to have a dessert. Shannon and I and the staff would love to meet with you here Sunday afternoon, May 22nd. You can sign up through the QR code. Just throw it up there. And we'd love to see you to come and get the inside scoop of Freedom Church and what it's all about. That's going to be happening on Sunday, May 22nd in the afternoon at 4 o'clock. Last but not least, this coming Friday night, Clay Dyer is going to be here on this stage. We're going to be having a barbecue dinner. And I think there was a misconception that you had to be a fisherman to do this. No, you do not. You can come on Friday night, enjoy a wonderful barbecue dinner, uh, and be able to be here and hear Clay's amazing life story. And also, they're going to be giving door prizes away and things like that. Kids, 10 and under are free. Adults are $20, basically paying for your meal. It's going to be amazing. But you have till Tuesday night at midnight to be able to do it. So I think uh, they may have a QR code for that. I'm not sure. If not, you can go out there. There'll be a flyer. You can get it and get your tickets by midnight Tuesday night. So we have a correct account by how many people to have here. Love for you to be a part of that. And with that being said, wow, there it is right there. There's a QR code. So with that being said, you can do that. Be sure to do it by Tuesday night at midnight. If you got questions, call the church or ask some of the staff today. Uh, but also, next Sunday is Mother's Day. Do not forget that. It's Mother's Day. And we have a lot in store for you beautiful moms next Sunday. And also, an uh, element of surprise to go with it. So other than that, we love you. God bless you. If you need prayer, come and see any of us. Our pastors, come see any of the staff members are out there. We'd love to pray with you. Don't leave your burden leave here blessed. Hey, bring somebody with you next week. Don't come alone. I love you. God bless you.